0: Absolute great pleasure now to welcome on to the Rugby Run, one of the greatest that's ever played the game, certainly one of the great Australians of all time, one of the great characters, David Ian Campese who first played his first test for the Wallabies against the All Blacks back in 1982. Very good afternoon to you, David. Welcome.
1: Good afternoon, guys. How are you going?
0: Good. What are your memories of 1982, the first test against the uh, two tests against the All Blacks?
1: Uh, well, I was very interested. I was 19. I was drinking orange juice. Had no idea what I was doing. Got off the plane, and someone said, What do you think about Mark and the great Stu Wilson? I said, Stu who? <laughs> so that was my introduction into to playing against the All Blacks.
0: Uh, you became famous clearly uh, i think you project Well, put yourself right into the limelight with the famous goose step that was something that no one had seen before that little stutter when did when did you yep. develop that and when did you first have the confidence to bring that out say an international rugby was from that from the very first time you picked up a ball
1: yeah it was um uh, well my memory was about uh, i played league most of my life uh, in the country town so um we are playing in a place called Yass, which is about an hour or two hours out of Coimbeam, uh, where I live, down near the ACT. And I got the ball under my goalpost. I saw these two kids come at me, and I did something, scored the other end, and these guys knocked themselves out. And I said, well, obviously that works. Um, never use, I never practice it again. Just use it in the game.
2: Hey, Campo. It's uh, Marshy here. Really good to hear your voice, mate. And thanks so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, I was just... Uh, reminiscing about um, you at the weekend and that was um, quite an amusing moment to be honest because uh, I I don't know if you remember but you were still playing and um, you were chasing down a guy called Daryl Gibson. I know know exactly what you're going to say is about when you did your Achilles. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, because Gibbo <laughs> was trying to out—he was trying to outpace you, and he knew he. I don't know why he thought he could, and you actually got him. Um, you you mowed him down, and he threw me a horrible pass, which resulted in me. my that. <laughs> Remember, mate. I was I
1: was about thirty-six years old as well. so I it know wasn't that bloody quick.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, oh, I see birds every now and then, and we talk about that. I said, "Oh, mate, I can still." So I came on as a. Uh, back in those, 98, it was. I came back on as yep. a, um, a uh, what it called these days? A super sub and like I was 36, and you guys ran the ball for me line. I've gone, oh, bloody hell. So I chased it. <laughs> and Mertz obviously didn't have the gas, mate. So he, he obviously felt sorry for you and gave you a bloody hospital pass. <laughs>
2: he certainly did, yeah. But um, hey, so I guess we probably want to touch on very quickly uh, your old outfit, which is the Waratahs. Um, look, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, mate. I expected more out of them than what they showed us last night. I thought they were really good in the first quarter now. They got no change out of all of their early dominance. And then in the second half, they were quite disappointing, to be honest. Spilt a lot of ball, looked a bit aimless. Is, is that concerning for you, do you think?
1: Oh, mate. Uh, yes, and look, it's, very, it's been very frustrating. for I've been cancelled by Rugby Australia because of my views. Uh, I was on Stan TV. They kicked me off that because they said I'm no good on TV. Uh, I was doing articles in the paper. I'm no good there either. Um, it, it's very frustrating. Mate, I just sit there and watch the games, and it's so predictable. Um, and unfortunately, you know, back in 91, in 91 I brought out a book on a wing and a prayer, and I predicted then if we go professional, the game will go broke. That was in 91 because I could just see what was going to happen. And now every team is so structured. It's just like watching a game of chess. You know, you can turn on the TV and watch a game and turn over and watch something else and come back and nothing's changed. Mm. And the referees are absolutely diabolical. It's just a shame that we've got, you know, you've got Bill Beaumont, who's what, 85 years old, still present of World Rugby. Really. I mean, the game's a modern game. You know, we, we've got sevens now as well, which I play a lot of. They've walked to the line out as well in sevens. Like, it's just bizarre. Bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the Waratahs were very disappointing, mate. I think that once, um, I do a lot of coaching. I'm, I was the ambassador for the uh, Hunter Wildfires, which is up in Newcastle. Two and a half thousand kids. Uh, I was there on Thursday night uh, coaching on the 13s, you know, which is great. And I said, Guy, this is got to do shorthand, blam, blam, blam. So, after the train, I asked some of the kids, I said, what position are you number nine? Who's your favourite player? And he said, oh, George Gregan. And I said, oh, that's great. But he doesn't play anymore, but he loves George Gregan. And some of the yeah. other guys, have got, no, they don't watch. They don't even watch the game. Yeah. So our problem is the guys coming through, like the Waratahs, and no one goes to watch because no one actually knows who's playing. Mm-hmm. And the style of rugby, as you know, in, it's a bit different in New Zealand, but if you don't entertain people in Australia, you can watch Aussie Rules, Rugby League and football. So we, we've always been dominant when we've actually entertained crowds, people come and watch. But the Waratahs last night, like to actually uh, have a team... You know that just make. I said to my wife Lara, who's um, um, you know, can you imagine all these, all these supporters who are Waratah fans? You know, who've supported for 20 years, and and you see performance like that, you must be devastated. You know, you want their loyalty, but the loyalty is they want to rest players because they know they're not going to win the current chance. Like it's just bizarre. Our day when we played, we just played the best teams all the time. Mm. It
0: wasn't about a second team or that, you know. Very frustrating. Yeah, David, look, I want to give you my opinions on this and get you to comment because I'm not in disagreement at all. Um, I'm sick and tired of sports scientists telling us what somebody can do and assuming that every player is um, genetically programmed the same way. Let's continue to dumb it down. You know, you're not allowed to play five games of Super Rugby in a row, but if you to win a Rugby World Cup you're going to have to win three three big tests in the space of 15 days, and you're going to have to have some tests yep. in the lead-up to that because you've got to make sure you've got your combinations right. Um, it seems to me the only people that are benefiting at the moment are the players. you have saying that you've been cancelled in Australia because you have yeah. an opinion. Um, it seems to me if here in New Zealand, you're no longer allowed to have an opinion. Um, therefore, there's no discussion anymore. There's no one talking around the water cooler. There's not the discussions between the John Harts and the Laurie Maines and who should be coach or the Mark Carters and the Reuben Thorns and that real angst and that tribalism's disappeared. Uh, the game's been reduced to the 80 minutes in the middle of the park because there are no narratives now supporting it because no one's allowed to have an opinion. Our coaches pretty much come out of the same mould. You know what they're going to say at halftime. They're not personalities. Yet I look at rugby league... You know, even the even the antics that go off the field in a funny kind of way get people talking about it. And I often say this David, man's defeats are on the front pages of the newspapers, man's victories are on the back and that is for a reason. Because we don't actually mind a little bit of a train wreck. That's who we are, that's what we programmed. I look at English Premier League football, you look at the multiple narratives that constantly support that game. There is always an angle, there is always a story, some of it positive, some of it negative. You look at what the NRL do, and you look at what mixed martial arts do and then I just sit here and rugby has its head in the sand, constantly trying to tell us, oh yeah, but we need to target the family. When are they actually going to realise mankind is flawed and we don't actually mind a damn train wreck and actually just start treating us like normal people rather than sort of, you know, grouping us all in as if we live at the highest moral bloody levels?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting that um, what you said about the, all these, these scientific people coming over. So rugby, when we went professional in uh, 96, that was my last year of rugby, uh, and uh, it was one year of professionals after the World Cup 95. Um, and what happened was that um, I could sense, you know, I remember the first day we went training and guys are going, what are we doing here? What is this? So you've gone from amateur to now you're a professional overnight. You know, and I remember this. I remember I was pre-season. My skin folds were 102%, uh, percent, so the whole average sort of thing. And so they said, oh, you want we want you to get down to 79 Percent fat, and I'm going, oh, bloody hell, okay. So I did it. I got to 79. I felt so weak that everyone touched me. I was going to get smashed. So I had to go to about 82. Now, back in the amateur days, mate, what we did, you know, you get there on a Wednesday before a test match with the All Blacks. You get together. You train. Thursday, train. Friday, you'd have a, um, a team run. Saturday, you play a, club, uh, play a test match. Sunday, you go and play club rugby. And we all were fine. We went to the Grand Slam in 1984. We played 18 games. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, for 18 games, trained every single day. you got 20 quid a day. It was fine. Mm. Now, oh, mate, you can't play. Sorry, you know, you've um, had too much rugby. Kids can't play too many games a day because it's not good for you. Mate, we're, we're, we're actually creating a bunch of wusses, you know? Mm. We are actually starting to create guys that, how about a bit of resilience? How about a mm. bit of ball, excuse the expression, mm. you know? I mean, it's part of life, and that's... All these people want safety and I saw the Hanson uh, interview you know they're trying to make the game safer but the game is dull I mean I watched a bit of the that uh Barry. I mean there's some of the Australian referees are disgusting mm. they look for things they actually look for things to give a penalty and I'm saying why why is it from a scrum you get the, an advantage you kick the ball away advantage over then you get another advantage it goes for 25 phases okay we'll go back you know, People in Australia, as I said, we are different to New Zealand. You guys, it's a religion. Here, we've got four football codes. We're up against it all the time. And now it's even hard. You know, you've got Rugby Australia going buy Rugby League players. Mm. We've got 11 really good wingers in Australia, so we go and buy another winger. Mm. The problem is we haven't got centres to give the ball to the wingers. Mm. You know, Korobeti, who's a very good winger, most of his tries to score from five metres, he goes into the ruck and dives over the line. Jeez, I'd never win a ruck in my life. It's too bloody scary in there, you know? So that's, that's the way the game has changed. And they, they, the people at the top think it's great. But, I mean, the viewership, I would love to see what the viewership records are in Australia with Stan. I'm sure when you look at the stadiums, they're, they're empty. And as I said, if you're going to play a Waratahs team um, against one of the best teams in the world and dilute the team by giving the second team a run, it's not really good for your brand.
0: OK, David. Uh, look, Justin's just dropped out. We're just trying to get him back. But um, just, just just moving, because look, I'm 100% agreement, the same thing's happening here. You know, we're jumping up and down, celebrating the fact that in 12 rounds of Super Rugby, we've had two sellouts and one is a stadium of capacity of 17,000. Like, big deal. But look, just, just moving from that, when you look at Australian rugby, putting to, putting to one side all the politics and what we've just discussed, do, do you think that Australia can still win a Rugby World Cup if it's 15 on 15, if it's a squad of 23? When you take the best talent from out of the super rugby sides and whatever um, things you've got in place for maybe pulling some of the talent from overseas, do you still believe that this team, that Australia can still win a Rugby World Cup when you do look at the way the draw was set up this year?
1: Well, I think we've got the easiest draw in the World Cup. You know, every World Cup we play Fiji, we play, and we've got Portugal. So, I mean, it's not a really hard. But the, the, the only dilemma there is, you know, you probably play Portugal, win by 100 points. Next week, you turn up and play England. You know, so what you did the week before is not going to help the week after. Um, but I just think that one of our, you know, the game is professional. Players go overseas. You know, if you have a look at, um, <clears throat> this is my experience, you know, the World Cup 91, for example. In that, in that team that we won the World Cup, we had two teams in Australia, New South Wales, Queensland. So we had all the best players had combinations like in from Queensland you had Lina and Little in New South Wales we had um, uh, we had I was at the back the back three were from New South Wales in the front row from New South Wales so, you know what I mean we had combinations that know each other inside out all the time now you want to go and get Quade Cooper who doesn't he's not even playing with the guys you can't just turn up and switch into something when you haven't had combinations combinations are vital in World Cups when the pressure's on. And the other thing is, the, um, you know, you're, you're right. 15 on 15, that's how the game used to be played. You're the best 15. You don't come off. Now, you're the best 23. So if you look at 2015 Rugby World Cup final, you know, the game was pretty close. But then the second half, you bring on Sonny Bill Williams, Artie Savia, Mate, their tests, they were, I don't know how many tests they had amongst them, but I had a lot. We brought on... Dean, mum, we brought on someone else, you know, who didn't have the caps of the experience. That wins the games. Now they talk about safety, okay? Safety of the game. So you've got the World Cup 2019 in Japan, okay? So England lose their best player within the first three minutes. Simmons, I think, Simkins, I think it was the prop. Anyway, so they bring Coles on the prop who's only played 20 minutes a game right through the World Cup. Now he's got to play 60 minutes, right? The second half, South Africa bring on their best front row. So why is that not dangerous to the game? Why is that not going to cause harm and injury to the opposition who are down one prop already? So what about that safety? So why why is they worry about some of the other things? Why is there 23 players? Why aren't you the best 15? make it two reserves again or three reserves. So the team has to play 80 minutes. They're getting paid a lot of money. I've, I've seen a couple of games this year. Um, I don't watch a lot, of, I must admit, where the player comes on. It's half time. A minute in the second half, the prop's replaced. He runs on for one minute and comes off again. And the problem is, the bigger problem is that all these managers talk to the coaches and say, mate, listen, if you don't give my player a run, I'm going to take him somewhere else. And that's, that's pretty a fact as well. So mm-hmm. that's why the coaches are under pressure. There's a lot of pressure everywhere. But What I found in life, playing, I've been around rugby for 30 years, all the shit happens off the field and eventually comes on the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying your coaching? You're doing it at a grassroots level? Well,
1: I've just about finished, mate. Um, I, I've finished my level two coaching. Um, yep. So I rang up New South Wales and said, oh, you know, how do I get my level two? Well, you've got to go back and do level, level one. I said, shove it. I've seen coaches I've seen coaches never played the game on level two, got no idea, but I've played hundred and one tests, but I've got to go and do my my levels, yeah, so yeah, I had a great time mate. I love passing on, but the problem is in australia, no one knows who we are, there's no history, um there's no culture in australian rugby it's it's just non existent anymore well, that's my view, and um again, it comes from the top, they're more worried about trying to make money, but actually there's no money for grassroots rugby. Um, and it's very sad. Yeah, look, we've we, we,
0: we, we got the same thing here, though. It's all just too top heavy over here. You know, we, we've moved from being a rugby w- rugby loving nation to an All Black loving nation. And then we've started to say, well, it's okay if the All Blacks lose as long as we win the Rugby World Cup. And I've been saying this for a long time, David. You know, that is a very, very dangerous philosophy when you look at the history of the All Blacks. But that's where we're going. And so um, a lot of people have just texted just congratulating you on your thoughts this afternoon. So, look, thank you for your time.
1: You're welcome. Just well, shown that uh, Justin sort of left us.
0: Yeah, no, just, no. Well, he's he, we just he's based down in uh, Queenstown, so we're just having a few technical issues. Sometimes it's not always oh. that easy. So,
1: well, mate, it, it's made it's like in Australia here. Every time the phone runs out, I say welcome to Bangladesh. <laughs>